Hello and welcome to the Kayla Estenson Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and today I'm going to record a podcast that is a little more topic-based. So often my episodes are meditation-based and it feels like a good time to bring in one where I'm just chatting about some things on my mind, some themes in my work and in the world. And since I haven't checked in in a non-meditation way in a while, I'll do a little reintroduction of myself for any of you that are new here or um, are recently new here. So again, my name is Kayla and my therapy practice is Kayla Estenson Wellness. And this past year has been the year that I've jumped in fully into my private practice as opposed to being just part-time in it. And so this year I've been spending a little more time also doing some more kind of behind-the-scenes things outside of therapy, um, including this podcast here, as well as on-demand yoga videos, engaging more on Instagram, sharing content that feels relevant to the work that I do. So those are some different things that I offer in, in the notes, and at the end of this I'll talk a little bit about how you can connect to those and reach those if that's something that you'd like. Um, and most importantly, I'm also a human, right? So a lot of the work that I do and the things that I share are about normalizing the human experience. And so much of what I explore with clients and explore in this work is also stuff that I experience iterations of too. And in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with some of these things while also normalizing a lot of the different experiences. And the topic today will be just kind of on the pandemic, right? So we're still in this global pandemic and we recently just passed that one year mark. And there's a lot of ways in which this has been super hard and super painful and full of grief and really complicated change. And there's also been some elements of spaciousness and um, a way for us to kind of check in with our needs a little bit more than maybe we have before. And so these dialectics, right, these things that can feel really hard and these things that can feel really important um, are kind of big on my mind. And I think big in the world as this is that one-year mark of when everything here in the U.S. got shut down, locked down. We started really seeing these big changes, and we've kind of gotten to feel that it's normal, and we forget how impactful this is, and yet it is still really super impactful and, and changes our life in so many different ways. So I'm just going to talk about that Um it's not going to necessarily be chock full of things that you can do or ways that you can cope and navigate, but maybe more so just affirm and normalize these experiences for yourself. So it'll be a little bit of rambling, um, but I hope you enjoy. So let's let's dig in. Um, so yeah, as I said, we've just hit that one-year mark in this pandemic, and I'll talk a little bit about where I was at in this moment one year ago. So this past Saturday, my nephew celebrated his first birthday, which is a big one, right? Number one. Um, definitely weird to celebrate that in the time of the pandemic, certainly different, but it 
is a really big milestone. One, of course, because he's a year old and all of these wonderful things he's grown and changed. And it's just been so wonderful to watch that over this past year. But also so impactful because he was born literally the day before all of these things started getting closed down, at least here in Minnesota. Um, And so that was a really strange experience for me, just kind of, I have these really vivid memories of it because it's connected to his birth and this other really big milestone. Um, And certainly, right, obviously a very big one for my sister and my brother-in-law, right? That's, That's a huge one in their mind, I can imagine. But for me, Um, I remember right before his birth, you know, trying to coordinate and move around my schedule so that I could be over visiting at my sister's house and and help them navigate this first week of parenthood and birth and all of that. And so I was already having these conversations with clients about, oh, this, this time frame, I might be out. I'll let you know. Um, And I was also having conversations with clients around COVID and, um, you know, accommodations that we need to make in different pieces. And and at the the clinic that I was at at the time was doing a super nice job in this kind of early response to COVID and making sure everybody was super safe and healthy and, and all of these pieces. And, you know, they invited all of us therapists to make sure we're having conversations with our clients about potentially needing to go telehealth soon, um, depending on changes with the pandemic. And, you know, we were getting all those release forms signed off and and everything. And it's so funny looking back in my mind, um, you know, I appreciated the responsiveness of my clinic, but I also felt like, oh, this isn't going to happen, right? Like it's, it's not actually going to be that big of a deal. Um, and boy, was I wrong with that. But in the moment, right, we, we didn't know how many cases were actually in the U.S. Um, and, and how big of a deal that it was going to be here. Um, and so it was, it was very funny. I had no idea my last day in the clinic was going to be my last day in the clinic. And right. So then my nephew was born just a, a tinge earlier than expected. So in that moment, I'm already navigating rescheduling with clients and all of that. And literally the day after my nephew's born, first my husband gets an email from his work saying that they're going to go all virtual and work from home. And then shortly after, I got the same email from my clinic, right? So that we're all going telehealth and this is what it's going to look like. And so... It, it was a very interesting moment in this time where I'm emailing clients about changing appointments due to my nephew being born, um, and then also making sure everybody had their consent form signed and kind of giving the the gist to everybody. And at this time it was, oh, hey, we don't know how long we're going to be operating via telehealth, Um and, and I remember in that moment, I'm like, oh, I hope a lot of my clients stay on in this period, right? I was worried that a lot of people were going to say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just come back after because, you know, I think we all kind of thought this was going to be maybe a couple weeks or, or a month or two at most. Um, but I'm, you know, so impressed by my clients and their resiliency to adapt to therapy in this totally new format. Um and, and also it ended up being 
one of the busiest times in my work. So shortly after everything closed down and changed, you know, these next handful of months, you know, a a lot of clients that I saw less frequently or haven't seen in a while came back. And so I'm also so impressed with everyone's ability to recognize, ooh, this is really hard for me and I need support and I need help. Um, and, And what a weird experience that is being a therapist, right? So I've had conversations with so many of my fellow therapists at what a hard and and strange experience, but also this really beautiful experience of being a therapist in the moment of this global pandemic, right? So this this year, both with the pandemic as well as with um, a lot of political polarizations, as well as especially here in Minneapolis, the murder of George Floyd, there are just so many things that we as therapists ourselves are navigating while also exploring how we can hold the best space for our clients as they're navigating that. So it's been a really unique experience and then sometimes really hard, but also super beautiful, right? So I, you know, and I remember especially after the murder of George Floyd, feeling really grateful for my clients in that time who were working on such beautiful things about processing their experience and, you know, digging deeper into their work around anti-racism and all of these wonderful things that I was exploring myself. And I felt so grateful to get to do that with my clients. Certainly, right, I wasn't fully sharing my process or experience. I'm focusing on holding space for theirs, but I got to learn so much from them in that process. And it was a way to connect to the reality Um, in all these different facets, right, as things are getting shut down and all of these different pieces, I get to talk about it each day. Um, I get to see how people are processing it. I get to hold space for that and navigate and normalize and all of that stuff with uh, the people that I work with, which is super challenging, right? We've, as therapists, we've got to be really on top of our own work and talking to our own therapists about it and, and everything so that we can hold the best space we can for our clients, um, but also it gets to be the super beautiful process. So another example of this dialectic, right, this really weird thing to balance, and I think this year has been such a huge lesson in it. Um, right, so we've been in this weird time for, yep, just just over that year mark, and it can be easy to sometimes forget how much this still impacts us. Um, I think just in these last few months especially, I've had so many sessions where I'll have a client struggling with something and, and feeling like they're having an unhealthy response to a stressor or they're saying, oh, I'm, I'm feeling super anxious or super depressed or whatever emotion might be coming up. And I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I can't cope with this better, right? I used to cope with it better. Why am I struggling now? And, you know, it, irreverently and, and also very lovingly and compassionately, I say, oh, it's because we're in a pandemic, right? Like it's, so obvious why we're struggling, but we're so in it that it can be hard to really recognize the impact that it continues to have. Um, 
I know for me at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, okay, like my world kind of got turned upside down. I'm going to go on walks on my lunch break. I'm going to listen to the Brene Brown podcast every time there's a new episode. Um, Initially, I think I had a couple different like regularly scheduled video sessions with friends and colleagues holding space for all of this stuff. So I had all of these supports built in to, in some ways, and not fully, but in some ways make up for all of these things that are kind of taken away from our regular routine. Um, but I don't have those in that same regularity now. And and I don't necessarily need it in that way, right? We all kind of have let go in some ways of these um, specific coping strategies that we maybe were super consistent on early in this pandemic that maybe have shifted. And, and it's okay that they shift because we're so resilient and and learning new ways that we can cope and figuring out what we need. And it's, it's still so real, right? So it's not like, oh, you get through 12 months of this and you should just be able to cope with it and navigate. Like it's, it's still hard and we're still dealing with constant moments of uncertainty, right? What is this all going to look like? And even though we have these beautiful glimmers of hope with people beginning to get vaccinated and all of these things, um, there's still a lot of uncertainty, right? There's still a lot of this constant decision-making and and processing. So it's, it takes a heavy load on our mental health. And so I just wanted to really put this reminder out that If you notice yourself struggling, maybe you're having a hard time focusing, or maybe your anxiety or depression gets triggered so much easily, much more easily than it would otherwise, um, here's this reminder that that's so human, that it, it makes sense that you'd be struggling with it, because we have been dealing with this year that is unlike any other, and, and in my perspective, and what I keep reminding my clients is that this is... In a lot of ways, we get to feel this beauty of like, wow, look at what like we humans can navigate and, and go through. But it's also maybe a little bit much, right? It's maybe too much for a human to navigate. And we don't have this blueprint of how to navigate it. So if it's hard, you're human, right? It's such a human response. So a little reminder for you, and I hope you can, you know, hold connection to that. Um And now I'm going to shift to talking a little bit about like why, why we would be struggling, why this is hard for humans, what things are we still dealing with even a year into this pandemic um, that we've maybe, maybe we're pretty burnt out from dealing with. So I'll talk about some of those pieces and this is not going to be, um, it's not going to have everything in it, right? There's so many different unique experiences related to the pandemic, not related to the pandemic that we're all experiencing. So if I go through this list and and you're maybe thinking, wait, what about this thing? Like that's probably 100% in there too. Um, so this is not fully inclusive of every experience that might be coming up. Um, but so one thing that's really hard for us humans to navigate that we've had to do a ton of this year is these constant last minute changes, right? So whether it be changes in our work format or changes in having our job at all, 
Changes in who we can see, in what spaces we can see them. Changes in our community, right? So what spaces are we able to go into? What regular routines can we continue doing and what can we not do, right? There's a lot of things we're not able to do. And a lot of these things would be hard no matter what, even if we had a fair warning, but a lot of the times we've been hit with them super last minute, right? We've had new um, guidelines and, and restrictions go into place, you know, days before important holidays for a lot of people and how hard that is to navigate, right? If you think you're going to have these plans with family and then new guidelines come up and you have to together navigate, all right, how are we going to follow these? What are we going to do? What is this year going to look like in terms of celebrating this or not celebrating this? And we've had to deal with these on the fly, which is really hard. Um, Some people navigate change super easily that's like their skill their their power and there's a lot of us um, myself included and and a lot of the people that I work with because I work with um, those of us that experience anxiety and perfectionism and and we like to plan we like to organize and for me I like to I, I struggle with last minute changes. I like to kind of know what's coming up, right? What is my next week going to look like? What's my next month going to look like? And when I have these last minute changes, right, that anxiety can come up, this easy overwhelm can come up. It can be super challenging to navigate, especially when we might also be the kinds of people who want to make everybody around us happy and and we might struggle figuring out what boundaries we feel most comfortable with. And So that goes into this next area, which is decision fatigue, right? So we maybe on an everyday basis are facing important decisions that are really hard to make, right? So deciding who do I feel comfortable seeing? Um, How do I feel comfortable seeing them, right? Is it outside? Is it with a mask? Is it six feet apart and, and all of these different pieces? And how do I set these boundaries? All of these different pieces. And we might also be facing these decisions around work and, you know, other family things, routine things, self-care things, um, financial decisions, right? For people who have lost their job or aren't able to work in the same capacity, having to make decisions around that is not an easy thing, especially when there's not a lot of support and resources out there to to help make those decisions and help find those supports. And we're hitting this time over and over again where we might feel a lot of adrenaline and cortisol around having to make a last-minute decision, which, you know, those hormones flushing through our body like might be really important in little moments of crisis um when oh my gosh something really big changed and I have to navigate what I'm going to do with it and yet we're facing so many of them right like our nervous system understandably at times feels super burnt out because we just weren't meant to experience this many crisis situations um, or or tough, challenging changes. And so that's super normal to be burnt out in. And a lot of us are needing to shift to forms of distraction or, 
you know, checking out a little bit, that's a normal thing to come up. And and in short periods of time, that can be super okay, super normal. But when we have to do it over and over again, it takes a toll, right? So we can see where anxiety gets boosted up, depression gets boosted up, and it's probably all over the place in its own ways there. And with this, we have fewer and fewer areas where life feels normal or fewer spaces that we get to have our like self-care routines or our coping skills, or our connection to community. Um, sometimes if we're feeling isolated or feeling depressed, going out and meeting up with people or going to public yoga classes or whatever it ends up being can feel really needed and supportive and we've had a long time where we haven't had that full access to those things and that can have really big impacts on people right I'll talk a little bit later about how sometimes it's nice to be able to have fewer things going on um and there are certainly some people especially those experiencing depression and isolation and all of that, that the way that they cope is by having these really healthy routines of, okay, I go out and I do this and I do this and I do that and this is how I stay connected with people. This is how I fight my depression. And when those things are shut down, that can be super, super challenging on mental health, right? We've seen experiences of suicidal thoughts as as well as actions go way up this year and what a painful time that must be for of course people experiencing that and and their loved ones and everyone around and that can be so complicated right so this still continues right and and even me so I'm I'm a little more introverted more of a homebody so there have been things that have felt kind of nice about not having all the things that I can do because I've got this easy like nope I've got to be home like I can't go and do these things um or let's meet outside and we only go for you know a couple hour walk or something and then I get to go home and and do my alone time stuff um but at times even I'm struggling with that right so I can imagine people that need more of that connection and community um or crave that or, or their personality enjoys that more this could be really challenging to navigate um and then on top of that right of course there's been massive amounts of grief and loss this year so right we know that we've lost so many to COVID-19 um so many also lost for reasons otherwise this year and navigating grief is so different right now right we can't gather for big funerals um we don't get to spend a ton of time with family around this or we might not get to spend time or even visit people in the hospital in their final days or when they're navigating an illness and of course that takes a really big hit even if you personally haven't lost anyone you're going to feel this grief because we're in this worldwide trauma, right? And this this grief experience. So we're all feeling it and it's really heavy, um, really hard to navigate. So 
of course you're still feeling that even if and and it can feel a little ambiguous right we can get a little bit numb to it we see the the deaths increasing every day and it almost starts to feel kind of normal because we're not actually seeing it that's a thing that I've talked about with clients a lot in this time is we kind of disregard our pain because we're not it doesn't feel as obvious that it's going on right it doesn't feel like oh I'm not actually seeing you know, people succumb to this illness or I'm maybe not seeing the struggle that's going on. And so if I'm being impacted by it, what does that mean? Right. And, and so here it's very real and it's more complicated when it's so ambiguous. Um, we don't have this way to get closure around this or connection around this in the same ways. So that can make coping super challenging and complicated. And then there just continue to be the things that we might be struggling with otherwise, right? So people who may have, you know, just passed on due to old age or other illnesses or whatever, right? We have to navigate that in the time of COVID. People who are experiencing really big changes in life, right? Even becoming parents. Um, I, I have a few people in my life who've become parents in this time of COVID and what a beautiful thing that can be and, and maybe a really nice distraction from things, but also that first year of parenthood is one of the hardest and it can feel super isolating. Um, there is so, so fewer support that new parents get to receive, right? And, and certainly, right, people who have had loss or miscarriages or lost a pet um lost their job right all of these other pieces maybe they're related to covid but maybe it's not and you're having to deal with it in this really weird time where you might not have the supports that you would need to navigate it and also it's going to be hard to navigate it because you're also dealing with so much more stuff right i kind of look at We've all got this tank of like what what kind of stress we can handle, right? And when there's smaller amounts, yeah, we've got the coping skills, we've got the resiliency, we can make it through. But here this tank might be full all the time. And so of course we're feeling so burnt out, right? On top of everything else, we're navigating extra stressors with fewer supports or areas for coping. So that can that can be really hard. Um, yeah, it's, it's normal to feel burnt out. Even if you're not facing this stuff every day right now, it's normal that your nerves are a little bit fried, right? And then over this past year and, and built up on, on some years before, certainly there's been a lot of cultural impacts here in the U S right? So one, of course, we can see this disproportionate impact of COVID-19 to BIPOC communities, right? And seeing where there's, there's pockets, there's areas, there's a lot of crappy stuff here, here in our country and, and how it's structured where people may be more susceptible to getting COVID and also have fewer opportunities to right get to be hospitalized or get to have supports and be able to navigate this right so there's been a lot more loss in these communities and then you add in this 
racial reckoning that's so important that's been happening and also so painful, right? So here in Minneapolis, where I'm from, where I operate out of in, in Minnesota, we had the murder and loss of George Floyd and so much grief and, and for these communities, so much trauma comes up because racial trauma is trauma and having to deal with that in this very strange time is a lot, right? And we're all doing this important learning and growing and shifting and changing and that doesn't take away how devastating all of this is, especially in this time of COVID, especially when BIPOC communities are so much more impacted by everything that's going on and then sprinkle in this super polarizing and heated election cycle um things have been really intense right and understandably people have really really struggled right there are some that maybe aren't as impacted right like I can look at myself as um, a white individual a cis individual a person that you know has financial comfort and, and and different pieces I can see that my safety is is completely here and if something were to impact me let's say myself or a loved one got COVID or lost our job or anything like that I would know that we'd probably be able to ride it out we'd probably be okay um and that is not the, the common or the only experience, right? There are some really, really, really painful and scary lived realities. And whether you're in that or whether you, you know, know that that's out there, it can be a really heavy burden to, to feel, right? And, and to see things not shift and, and change in certain policies that we need and, and all of these things. So... All to say that that can be a really heavy feeling, right? And that adds to all of this. So, so right here, we looked at a lot of different ways that pain can be showing up this year, right? A, a lot of it related to the pandemic and to COVID and a lot of it related to other big things that have happened this year. And right, just navigating the human experience and all of the other pain points that you'd otherwise be experiencing that you're just also experiencing in this time of COVID. Whew, that's a lot. And so my message here is, you know, I, I don't really have these great skills or strategies that will help you feel better and navigate it. And, and in a lot of ways, there aren't right? Um, there are certainly coping skills that we can do and practices that we can do and all of this that are important. And a lot of it is very structural and societal and there needs to be changes and supports put in place to help people navigate it, right? So it's not something that we can do on the individual level, but maybe just important to honor your experience and recognize here of like, oh yeah, like, of course, this is really hard, right? And, and I might not have all the tools to change it. Most likely you don't, right? So 
if that inner critic is getting on your case about areas that you're struggling with or if you're doubting like what's wrong with me if I can't do this like take a step back and and look at everything that is going on and everything that is impacting you or impacting your communities or your loved ones or you know other human beings that you value and of course you're having a hard time right and for a lot of us right there are days that feel really lovely days that feel okay some days that feel really hard but I think a normal experience and certainly one I've noticed is when little things happen a higher reaction might come to it um because again like if we look at that tank that's full of stressors it, we're pretty close to the top so one little thing can bring us to that edge where it's like oh where did this reaction come from it's like oh yeah of course that's here um and and here's kind of the dialectic part and I'll shift gears a little bit is that even though this year has been full of so much pain and grief and trauma and really you know hard experiences there's also maybe some pieces that feel freeing that feel nice that feel beautiful so I'll talk a little bit about that part of the dialectic too um and some things that might come with it there so for some of us we've maybe gotten some more flexibility in our lives that we're needing right um a lot of jobs have shifted to working from home, which some people really struggle with and don't like, and some people really enjoy. I know for me, it was certainly an adjustment, and initially it was a lot of work, making sure everything's put in place and ready, and teaching myself and my clients how to use it. Um, lots of onboarding there, but I know it's also been something I've really enjoyed, and whether it ends up in the long term being fully how I work or at least partially I know it will continue to be a part of my life because I really have enjoyed right being able to work from home and and having that increased accessibility for my clients to not have to commute into my office and we get to meet at times that I get to be more present and and engaged and I get to be a better therapist because I'm working in times that they get to have more flexibility to meet and all of those pieces. So for some of us, working from home has been really nice. Um, certainly like getting to go on walks on your lunch break or spend more time with your dog at home is lovely. And some of us have just get to have more flexibility with that. And and I think it calls out this um, nationwide or certainly worldwide structure of work that maybe is really challenging. Um, some people love going into the office, you know, working their nine to five and, and all of that. And I think there's a lot of us where that system maybe doesn't feel so great and getting to work from home can sometimes bring more flexibility. And, and my hope is that in the long run, maybe, workplaces kind of get to shift what work looks like. Um, of course, there have been a lot of people that are navigating having to work from home and maybe working from companies that are super rigid on expectations and, and not very accepting of challenges of COVID and, and all of that. And that's really hard to see, right? I have a handful of clients that are experiencing that too. And that's, oh, I feel you, right? So I, I validate that. I'm, I'm lucky to not be experiencing it right now myself but it's um 
it's a really hard thing. Um, and, and with that, right, kind of this beauty piece is that this can be shifting a little bit. Um, there can be a little more flexibility and certainly also this flexibility in this overburden of plans that a lot of us experience, right? It's kind of like this, um, I'm sure in many parts of the world, but right here, here in America, this almost norm of like being so overburdened by plans and glorifying busy and overwhelm. And I know I've certainly experienced that, right? Where I'll go to work and then afterwards I'm going to meet up with a friend and then I don't get home until nine o'clock, which for me is kind of late. And, you know, then I don't get this wind down period that I really need in my day. And some people really thrive off that, but some of us really don't. And this gets to be a nice opportunity for us to take that off our plate, right? I know for me and maybe for a lot of other people, while this holiday season was hard in some ways of not getting to see everyone and connect in in some wonderful ways, it's also nice to not be as busy. Um, I was certainly kind of busy in that's yeah, I was shifting, you know, in the end of December over to my practice starting in January. So I had a lot of other things going on, but it was so nice over the holiday season to not be so overburdened with plans. Um, and my birthday is shortly after the holidays and it was also really nice to not have to go do a bunch. And for me, it was this nice reminder of like, oh, this is something I get to bring with me, right? Like next year, if I'm feeling kind of burnt out, around the holidays and my birthday comes along and people want to get together and do stuff, I get to say no to that if I want to, right? I get to say, ah, you know what? I think I'm just going to have a quiet day in and watch my favorite movies and order takeout, right? Like that was such a lovely thing for me and, and to have this recognition of, oh, if I'm needing that, I get to honor that. Um, and so I think this is a really nice opportunity for a lot of us to explore ourselves and our boundaries, what serves us, what doesn't serve us. And my little invitation here is that you get to continue some of that. Um, I know not, not all of it is within our control, right? Some workplaces might be returning to the office like this coming fall or next year. And so that might be a little out of your control, but looking at hey, where, where do I get to connect to some control, right? What boundaries have I learned as I've had the space to explore myself and how do I want to honor those? I know that's certainly a really big takeaway that I'm having this year. Um, and on top of it, right, like even though this year has been full of a lot of painful things, there also are a lot of beautiful things, right? So some things get to continue on even when there's pain. Right. So for me, right, my, my nephew was born and that was, you know, probably the biggest and most important thing that I've got to like be a part of and get to see and, and I get to watch him grow. And that's been such an amazing process. Um, I've also shifted over to my own practice and, and learned some more of my work boundaries and hold those. I also moved, right? So I feel super fortunate that, um, my husband and I had the opportunity to to move, which we've been wanting to do for a really long time. And that's been super nice and super 
for me, I, I got to move to a place that I really wanted to move and have woods in my backyard and, and having that connection to nature has been super healing for me and really nice thing to have in this year. So right, we all get to have some things that continue to go good, but also, right, there's a lot of pain and it can be hard to balance all of that. And and I'll validate too, right? It can sometimes be hard to have a really, really good thing happen when you might not get to feel like you get to share it and connect in the same ways, right? Um, so I know like some people who have been pregnant during this period of time, right? They don't maybe get to have a, a normal baby shower that they might have had or get to go do some different things that might feel really nice, Um you know, for us, we didn't get to have a big housewarming party, which we're not super sad about because it's also nice to not have to be overwhelmed with that. But it would really be really nice to get to have, you know, people over and, and share our space. Um, so, right, sometimes even these beautiful things can feel with a little tinge of, of sadness or grief in this year. And I guess my message with all of that is like, oh, what a what a lesson on dialectics, right? Where we balance things that might feel really opposite and opposing and we get to hold space for both of those. And while it's important to honor our pain and our grief and and get the support we need for our health and our mental health and all of that, it also gets to be this year where we get to reflect on how we've navigated this and we get to feel proud of that right like we've got so much resiliency and we can see that this maybe isn't a fully sustainable like process to go through but we get to see like wow like in this year I've learned so much about myself um or I've learned a lot about my mental health and what I need or my boundaries or my relationships or whatever it is and that gets to be a beautiful thing Right? And we get to hold that while we also hold the painful things or while we also hold maybe some unhealthy ways that we've coped. I know for me, like I was just talking with my husband the other day of like, I need to put down my phone more, right? I've, um, so, so my little thing is towards the beginning of COVID, I, you know, got TikTok like everybody else and I'm watching all these videos and they're so funny and entertaining and affirming and all there's, there's so much lovely stuff in there. Um, and, and somewhat recently I've started posting some of my own therapy videos, which has been nice, but, um, for a lot of us, maybe the way that we cope with uncomfortable experiences is going on our phone. And I think that can be a really helpful tool if we're feeling super distressed, like hop on your phone for 30 minutes, like get your mind off of it so you can reconnect, Um, but what I've noticed for me is the amount of distress I need to feel before that urge to pick up my phone, uh, that amount of distress is getting lower and lower and lower, right? I think it was just the other day. I was like, I don't know what to make for dinner. I don't want to think about it. I want to eat something that feels good in my body, but I don't really want to cook. And it was just that small amount of distress, um, that led me to pick up my phone and, and go on TikTok and then time goes by and then I'm like, oh gosh, I'm really hungry now and it's later. So I think there are also some beautiful things we can see about our coping and also some pieces where it's like, ooh, okay, like is this coping skill serving me all the time? Um, 
could this be helpful to shift? And we don't have to beat ourselves up for it. Like, I think a lot of us have, you know, connected with our technology and our phones a lot more. And in some ways, I'm grateful that we have that um, because there's been so many other coping skills that we don't have, right? I don't get to go to the climbing gym with my friends after a long day, right? Um, and so it's okay that we have that, but can be helpful to reevaluate and, and shift without guilt, without shame, right? We get to do it in this compassionate, value-driven way, which is not easy. So if you struggle with that, you're human, that's okay. Um, maybe a therapist could be really helpful in helping you navigate that. I know I do so much of that with my clients. And so my takeaway here is there's been a lot this year. It's been really heavy and honor your experience and hold these dialectics, right? These pieces that you get to be proud of or connected to or get to see your resiliency or where you've grown, what you've learned about yourself. And that's a beautiful piece too. And it's heavy, right? So if it feels heavy, you're human, you're normal, that's okay. And that's kind of all I have to say today. So I know this maybe was a little unstructured, a little all over the place. Um, I've been thinking about adding in some more topic-based episodes and, and let me know how you feel about this one. Let me know if my, my intention here was, Ooh, this is something I've been talking about with clients a lot. And if I'm having this conversation a lot with clients, there's probably other people that could benefit from just normalizing this. And so if you found this to be useful, you know, please, you know, give me a review or, or something or let me know that you enjoyed it um, or let me know what you didn't enjoy. And, and I'll keep that in mind as I explore what I want this podcast to continue to evolve into. And yeah, if you want to connect more or want to, you know, connect to some of the work that I'm doing, I'll link all this in, in the notes for this show. Um, I post a lot on my Instagram. So that's my, uh, link there is Kayla Estenson wellness, um, posting there several times a week on, on some of these topics, as well as, as I said, I've started to post a little bit more on TikTok. So that's, um, very connected to the topics that I do on my Instagram, but more in a video format, which can be kind of fun. And my website will be down below too. That's kaylaestenson.com. I do have openings in my therapy practice. So if you're in Minnesota and you're wanting to work on some of the things that I do, shoot me an email through there. You can schedule a phone consultation for free or you can schedule an initial um, session on my website as well. So lots of options. And yeah, I'd love to connect with you. Again, if you enjoyed this or if you enjoy my meditations on my podcast, I so appreciate um, a review on this podcast wherever you're listening from so that it can connect to some other people so that it gets to grow. So if you like it, you know, let me know, leave a review if you'd like. And yeah, it was lovely chatting with you today. I wasn't really sure. I haven't done a talking podcast for so long and um, it was kind of nice to get to, to share all this and process this. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope you're doing well. If you're here in Minnesota, we've had a lovely warm streak lately and now it's snowing. So mixed feelings. I love the snow, but I'm also so ready for, for a warm up for spring and everything. So 
Um, Sending love to you wherever you're at, whenever you're listening, and I look forward to connecting with you again on here soon. Bye-bye.